Hello, and welcome to Returning to Us, a podcast that gives you strategies and tips for how to hack your brain, build and strengthen relationships, and to teach people how to recognize and neutralize their emotional states. I'll discuss emotional intelligence and regulation, how food and exercise impact the body and brain, and share lessons from my own lived experiences. I'm Lauren Spiegelmeyer, the founder of The Behavior Hub, which is an organization that works to reduce the stressors of raising and educating children through a brain and biology-based lens. In these episodes, I'll share stories and strategies from my own life, work, and research, answer listener questions, and wrap it up with a try-it-at-home tip. Decades worth of information in just minutes. You ready? This episode is going to be short and sweet, but a very, very important short and sweet episode. So I want to talk about what it looks like to have and to hold a slow Christmas season. So this episode is going to come out right before Christmas and get you through the two weeks following the Christmas holiday when most of the world is quiet. People are off for the holiday. Kids are off for winter break. So what does having a slow holiday season, whether it's it's Christmas or any other winter holiday that you might celebrate as a family, typically still these last two weeks of the year are our time at home with family systems. Okay, let's go through a couple things. One, when kids are off school, they get out of a routine, they get out of a rhythm because they don't get up, go through the same breakfast sequence, go through going to school. They might be going somewhere else. They might be at home, whatever it may be. So I would highly recommend that for whatever your days are going to look like during this period of time while they're home from school, create a morning routine, create an afternoon routine and create an evening routine, like chunk up the day, really like kind of organize out the whole day. Now it doesn't need to be planned down to every minute, but a very simple like one, two, one, two, three routine for the morning. Like we get up, we have breakfast, we go for a walk, we have free time. Like it could be as simple as that. Our morning routine here at home with a 16 month old is when the baby gets up, he immediately gets a snack before breakfast. We bundle him up and we take him for a longer-ish walk. And then we come back and we have breakfast and then it's free time. So that is the routine every single morning. And, and because we had that routine, he knows what to expect. In the afternoon, similar thing. He takes a nap, we do a special activity, and then it's kind of like open free play again. Evening routine, typically dinner, and then we will play, read a book, get ready for bed, go to bed. I mean, it's it doesn't need to be routines filled with activities. It's just sequences. And the sequences are known, they're stated, they're rehearsed, practiced, not rehearsed, you have to practice them. Practices in, you actually implement them. But the kids know what's coming and what the one, two, three is of these times of day. Why does all of this matter? Because the brain likes rhythm and routine and rhythm is regulating. So if we can create a stabilizing routine, even if it's just morning and evening, then at least the day start and ends well as far as regulation goes. If you don't have these things and you wake up and it's just something different every day or 
it's something chaotic, especially with the chaos of, of the holidays. Like there's all the advent calendars, elf on the shelf, all these fun, fun things. And with that means it gets a little bit wild and emotions get a little bit dysregulated. So the rhythm of the routines keep us regulated, both adults and child. Really important. I also like to start the day with something like a song, a mantra, affirmations. In our family, we borrow a a jingle from Lindsay Girk. If you don't know who Lindsay Girk is, you can search her online. She is, I mean, how I would call her a comedian, but she does like skits of her kids and how they act and um, is involved in a couple other things. But she created this mantra or jingle that goes like this. See if I can remember on the spot. Are we caring? Are we kind? Do we love a love our body and our mind? Are we creative? Are we courageous? Is the love and light we show just so contagious? And then she says something like, are we going to have a good day? And then you know, to all of these for older kids, my 16 month old doesn't do this, but for older kids, they might respond. Yeah. Or yes. And then at the end, she typically says, I love you. Um, so we end our ending a little bit different, but we go through that same jingle. And I like that because what we're doing with that, what I feel What I I know the science behind that is doing is those words are spoken to him every day. And when I put those things in the forefront of his mind, when he begins to understand what they are, the more they're in his forefront of his mind, the more the mind kind of moves in that direction or acts as in that direction, as if it's in that direction, which means that those things that we are saying over and over and over again become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So are you caring? Well, we say it every day, you're likely to be more caring. Are we kind? We say it every day, you're likely to be more kind. Do you love all of your body and your mind? Yeah, so I'm putting these thoughts in his head in the forefront of his mind that help him to act in this direction so that he will be these things. I also like it because it's just, it's it's got rhythm, it's regulating, it's got an upbeat um, feel to it and it just works for us. So we actually usually do that uh, during our morning snack. All right, so... Create a routine for morning, afternoon, evening, maybe all three. Start the day with a song, mantra, affirmations, jingle. For the holiday season, I would highly recommend you plan a couple crafts or activities at some point in the day. Maybe not every day while you're off, but a couple of days, like some really fun little things that you could do with the kids that allow you to be present. They could be simple, easy. So so here are some like examples of some holiday traditions that I have decided to adopt for our 16 month old. And we are going to implement these throughout the two weeks and and some even before the two weeks. So one of the things we're going to do, we're going to do a glow bath. So yellow and not yellow, (laughs) I don't know where yellow came from. Green and red glow sticks go in the tub with him. And it's like a holiday uh, bath. So that's fun and it's simple. It's easy. It helps us all to be present and he will hopefully really enjoy it. What else are we going to do as far as those two weeks of the chaos of Christmas? Uh, We will read the story of Christ's birth. So I bought a special really picture forward children's board book that explains this. So because we have a Christian background, we will be reading that. And that's something that we will do every year around Christmas time. We will probably do some type of like holiday cookie or candy making activity. We will either 
go shopping for an ornament or we will make an ornament, one of the two. But every year the goal is to give him an ornament to hang on the tree so that when he leaves, when he moves out, he has a box full of ornaments. What other special activities will we do? We might do a gingerbread house. We may go to a holiday light show. We might do like a Yule log burning ceremony. We might do like a movie afternoon with hot chocolate and marshmallows. We might do like a camp under the Christmas tree with all the lights overnight as we sleep out by the Christmas tree. We might do some type of like Christmas scavenger hunt. We might take a day to do Christmas wish lists. We do Elf on the Shelf. Um, So those are just a few things. You might do a day where we make a cake for Jesus and do like a happy birthday to Jesus. So lots of things there that we would potentially do during these two weeks to help us be simple and present and slow and mindful. I also, during these two weeks, do a little bit more meal prepping or even ordering in meals that are kind of like pre-made because it is really chaotic and we are out of routine. So I want to make sure that I'm making things easier for myself. And that means maybe a little bit less cooking on the time after Christmas or even leading up to Christmas in preparation for cooking for Christmas. And I'll probably throw in a few like fun holiday lunches and dinners here that are like specialized additions that um, include some fun and unique foods. So that is something else that we might do to create more simplicity, cooking ahead of time, meal prepping ahead of time. And then what I I really want to do and really focus on is as the year comes to a close and we begin to go into a new calendar year, I want to do a little bit of dreaming. So we talk about, read books about dreams and not just like sleeping dreams, but like dreams you have for yourself, for life, places you want to travel to, things you'd like to purchase, what you see for yourself. Now we have a 16 month old, so he's not old enough to talk or do some of these things, but we will read some books about visioning and dreaming and manifesting and things like that with him before bed. We'll make that a routine for the last two weeks of the year. All right. So, so far we've got create routines, start the day with a song or a mantra that's uplifting and powerful. It could even be like a, a, a real music song, plan some type of craft or activity or activities throughout the week, two weeks that help you to become more present and simple. Simplify your life with meal prepping or meal ordering or ordering in pre-cooked meals, maybe more takeout than usual, whatever makes your life simpler and easier. Although Healthy foods are going to help you to be slower and be more present. You can be mindful with your food. So by cooking the food and actually meal prepping it and not ordering it, I would say that you're being a little bit more slow. Dreaming before bed, making some time to dream. And the last one is just putting up environmental reminders to slow you down. We typically get really stressed out during these times. Things are out of order. We're trying to wrap everything up for the year, including actually wrapping presents. So put up like sticky notes or signs that tell you to stop or slow down. Just reminders in your visual environment that remind you to do the thing we're talking about, which is slowing down the holiday season. It's really, really hard to do. We can also like, we tend to fill our time up with seeing friends, activities, with Santa things. So making sure that we are reminding ourselves to pause and slow down and just have unplanned days where we don't have a schedule and we don't have an agenda. Those are things I'd recommend for a slower holiday season. If you have thoughts, questions, comments, or you have any other ideas, by all means, let us know in the comments below.
And that takes us to today's listener question, which is how do we solve, how do we problem solve through behaviors? I'm not a hundred percent sure what exactly this question means that was submitted by a listener, but I'm thinking that there's some unwanted challenging behaviors and we want to problem solve so that those behaviors stop. So if the child's old enough, what I would do is I would actually go through a problem solving conversation. So one, two, three, four, you felt, I felt problem solution. It's a short conversation. I don't go into a lot of detail. I don't keep talking. I say, I think you were feeling, I was feeling the problem is let's come up with some ideas to fix this. And I actually go through what I feel like they were thinking thinking or feeling that caused the problem. I actually go through what I was feeling. I state why this is a problem for me or the family. And then I invite them to join me to come up with solutions for alternative choices. And then we agree on one, we choose it. And I remind them the next time this comes up to to try that thing. It's very simple. It's very straightforward, but it includes them in the problem solving conversation and gives them ownership and accountability behind implementing this because they, they were included. So when I have problem behaviors for kids that are old enough, I will problem solve through the four steps to come up with a solution. If it's a younger child who can't problem solve through with me, I might just do the problem solving steps on my own. I might just sit down and think of some solutions to the behavior. If nothing else, I would go back and listen to our root causes episode because if you have problem behaviors, it stems from a root cause and there are five needs areas that drive behavior, aka are the root causes. And that's going to solve your problem. All right, let's go to our tried at home tip. Size of the problem. I have to remember to do this one all the time. So you basically have three boxes, a tiny little box, a medium box, and a big box. And the size of your problem can go into any of those boxes. So when you're facing something and you're really stressed out, to put things in perspective, you visualize those three boxes and you determine which box does this problem go into? Because sometimes we have a tiny little problem that goes in the tiny little box, but we act as if it goes in the big box. So by mentally thinking of those three boxes and shifting that problem into the right box, it sometimes takes what we are exaggerating into a big problem and make it a really small problem, which makes it more feasible, realistic, less stressful, less overwhelming to solve. So I think about the size of my problems because I typically blow things out of proportion in panic, in anxiety, and I can bring it back to the mindful presence by visualizing the size of my problem. And that is it for today's episode of Returning to Us podcast. Don't forget the try it at home tip, size of the problem. And if you are looking for more support in the areas of stress, trauma, behavior, and the brain, I, from the Behavior Hub and with the Behavior Hub, would love to be a part of that learning journey. So we do lots of coaching and even offer some training workshops and do online courses in partnership with University of Pennsylvania, where you can get graduate level credit for taking the courses. If you are interested in any of this, feel free to pop over to the Behavior Hub website or shoot me a text at 717-693-7744. And if you are looking for support that is more like organizational-wide, company-wide, that works more to address stress, burnout, overwhelm, productivity, company culture, you're looking for five IVES, F-I-V-E-I-V-E-S. Fiveives.com. My business partner at 
myself, Jessica Doring, we created a coaching platform and certification process that helps organizations to become more mental health forward focused so that we can reduce the amount of people who are quitting and leaving our organizations, improve company culture, and improve productivity. Stress less, produce more. That's what we all want in business. So how do we do that? Biologically, we will coach you through exactly how to do so. Pop over to our website that will give you more information and enable you to get into contact with us. And don't forget to lock in what you learned today by sharing it with someone else or commenting below on which of these things you tried, which worked well, didn't work well, any questions you might have. And until next episode, I am Lauren Spiegelmeyer and thanks for joining me.